They really are going to build this thing in broad daylight. Happy Friday, friends! It is Friday. It's Friday before spring break, so there's no podcast next week because I will be I'll be gone. I'll be out on the road doing road things and uh, visiting some national parks. So no podcast next week. There's 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 a lot of drama, if you will. Not drama is the wrong word. A little little back and forth going on in the industry this week. So let's just dive into the tech news. Hopefully, had a wonderful week. And let's, here we go. So this week, Bard, which is still the worst name ever, Google, uh, became public-ish. Like it, Google said, there's a wait list, but the wait list, you instantly got cleared off of it. But either way, Bard made a showcase. Then Microsoft pretty much came out and said, that's pretty far behind Bing Chat. And let's be honest, it really is. If you've used Bard, it's it feels prototypey. It feels rushed, honestly, if anything else. And so Google is playing catch up. There's no other way to describe it. And I think that's a good thing for the industry is that Google, who has been the top dog in the search player across the industry for many years, is now finding itself with a significant amount of pressure to improve its product. That's good. That is how things improve. The one massive stake in the ground that I have to, that like has to be said with every time this comes up is that Google owns BARD. Microsoft does not own the technology behind Bing AI, Bing's chatbot. So like everything needs to have that asterisk next to it because it's like, yeah, Google's far behind, but also Microsoft is even further behind if you get rid of this licensing deal that they paid $10 billion for plus another, I think, billion initially. And so just always keep that in mind when Google, when Microsoft's like, yeah, our stuff is so much better. Well, Microsoft, because you didn't make it. That's why it's better, probably. So either way. Um, other fun things happening this week. Uh, so I've been trying out this new browser that I think everybody might be might be interested in. So you could think of it as like Edge, but but a slimmed down version of Edge. And it's called Chrome. You may have heard of it. Uh, so actually, this is... Obviously, that's somewhat of a joke, but realistically, Chrome is now becoming what appears to be a more slimmed down version of Edge. Uh, Microsoft is working on and playing around with building a cryptocurrency wallet into Edge because why not? And yeah, I know someone's going to come here, Brad, you can just turn this stuff off and not use it. But it's not that's just that stuff. So it's like on one, one hand, you're like, OK, they're building a cryptocurrency wallet. They have a coupon thing with the coupon thing. Maybe good. They have a password manager. Maybe the password manager thing is good. Other browsers have password managers. They have all this shopping stuff. But what annoys me the most about Edge is I'm using Edge or you open a new tab and it says download the mobile browser. Microsoft, I already use Mobile Edge. Microsoft, I am logged in with the same MSA on both devices. Why are you throwing this in my face? And it's just the little things that just keep adding up and the features that keep getting slammed in. And if you don't like the giant Bing icon, yeah, it's going to go away. But it, it's there loud and proud. And, and it just feels like, like the plot has been lost. Somebody actually described it to me pretty well or had a theory. They said, look, they put all these great, this great engineering talent to get Edge up and running so that it's competitive and it's good and it's really great. And they did. And they accomplished that goal. And now all those engineers are sitting there going, what are we doing next? And so... That's like where we are. Uh, anyway, so that's that. Other things happening in the AI world. Uh, Doll E3. Now, it has not been officially released, but Bing this week says, hey, we can generate images now. We can do it. And we're using an unnamed Doll E model. Now, Bing chat, whatever, was using ChatGPT4 before ChatGPT4 was announced. And so I am almost certain this is based on Dolly 3, which should be announced in the next several weeks or so, something like that. And so you can use Bing to generate images. Now, the images are not quite as good as Mid Journey v V5. I haven't tried uh, Adobe announced one too. I think it's called Firefly. 
And Adobe's got an interesting model where they say they only trained it on licensed uh, images, which is a really smart move. And so that's Adobe's differentiator. So it'll be commercially viable once uh, once it becomes you know out there and, and usable uh, for commercial purposes. And so anyways, Dolly is now, three is right around the corner. Bing AI is using it. You can generate images, although you are li limited to a specific number. Uh, and, and then it's also weirdly tied into Microsoft Rewards because why not? Because why not? Also, more importantly, this week, there was a pretty massive vulnerability discovered, not just in Windows, but across a lot of screenshotting tools. And Snipping Tool has been updated for insiders to resolve this bug. The TLDR, the simple version of it is, is if you crop an image with, with the Snipping Tool, uh, people can uncrop it if you share it. So just keep that in mind. So if you cropped out, like if you took a picture of a credit card and you cropped out the credit card numbers, it is possible to potentially recover those numbers. It's not perfect and it's not every single image. I think it also depends on the format. But just be like exceptionally aware that if you've shared cropped images, just know that people may now be able to uncrop them, uh, which is actually a pretty big deal. On the Windows 11 side, uh, 11, we'll call it 11.12. So there was a Windows 11 Canary build that came out, 25324. There's File Explorer permits. There's SHA3, uh, I believe, security. Also debuting this week, Microsoft is, it's in the Vive tool. So it's not officially announced yet, I believe. Microsoft is going to let you turn off the clock and date from the system tray. Now that is really odd because that has been there since the dawn of time. And it's like, why would Microsoft let you turn this stuff off? Well, my friends, I think it's gonna come back to being related to this. Now this image comes to us from, I believe, uh, what was it, Ignite. And this was the leaked image of Windows 12, if you will. It was called Windows 11, I believe, Next Valley, which I believe is now codenamed Hudson Valley. But the short version is that this image, we all believe, is actually not conceptual. Like, it's more of, well, it is conceptual, but it's like, it's like, this is where we're going. We're building towards this. How do we get there? And if you keep this image in reference, being able to remove the clock and system tray uh, date stuff suddenly makes more sense. Because it's like, oh, Microsoft's going to let you turn that off, at least let you turn it off or maybe telling you they're going to turn it off. We don't know yet. That's just one thing, right? It looks like it's an option, but Microsoft could hide the ability to turn it back on. We don't know yet. Again, just keep all that with a grain of salt. But if you imagine if they're going to truly turn the taskbar into a dock, like we believe they're going to, and they got to move that stuff, it starts with being able to turn it off. And here we are, and it all is maybe really starting to come together for this. Now, Microsoft, with these Canary builds, we don't believe we're going to enable any of this new UI functionality. Or maybe they will. Maybe they will truly just build it in broad daylight and say, we don't care. We're just going to test it and keep going as fast and as quickly as we can to get to Windows 12 for 2024 release. We don't know the details, but... but you guys got to see where I'm going with this. Microsoft very clearly just is like, look, we're doing this. Also in the Canary build, they're now three widgets wide, if you will. The widget panel is getting more extensive. I'm, I'm curious how many people use the widgets in a really demanding fashion, if you will. I, I don't know. Like, to me, it's just I keep the little weather icon. I never read the news because it's like a doom panel. You read it out, it's like 17 reasons you're going to die in the next five minutes. It's like, okay, let's, let's tone it down a little, Windows. But either way... Uh, Microsoft continues to build Windows 12 in broad daylight, and I do think that these features are related to where the vision of Microsoft is 
heading. So just kind of keep that in mind as you start seeing these crazy things pop out because there's also uh, an image floating around or actually somebody was able to enable, it, we're almost back to Windows 10 by the way, moving the widgets icon over by to where the system tray is. So in Windows 11, now you can't do that currently, but it's like they're rebuilding this wheel here. And so keep that in mind. Other good news of the week, loops or loop. Microsoft has finally announced loop, loop, and loop. It's a noop loop, but they have finally released loop in public preview and you can get it in your enterprise account. Uh, although your IT admin will have to enable it and it does take some time. Uh, so they don't just flick a switch and then you suddenly get it. It, it takes more than 24 hours at least uh, that in our experience um, at work. So just keep that in mind. But loop is here. Loop is a notion ripoff and loop is doing exactly what we would expect it to do. And I will tell you the loop components work pretty darn well we you you can take a loop component so what happens is you you create a table in um in, in loop and then you select it and there's a little loop component button it. it creates a link all it is is a link and you can drop that link into supported applications like teams and then it populates that information in the loop inside teams so inside of teams you can then edit that document or piece of content and it shows up everywhere that that is a loop component it's really slick we were joking around and playing tic-tac-toe with it it's very responsive it works very well and that's the killer feature and if you're not going to be using loop components then the the functionality of loop if you will is less like then it's like well maybe one node is a little bit more useful for what you need but at the end of the day loop components are the big deal that are coming out of this and they seem to be highly functional and they they tend to work exceptionally well now the downside there's no native Windows app, which is really weird. You can use it on the web. There's an iOS app available today. There's no Android app, although they, it is going to be coming. And so to launch without a Windows app and without an Android app means, I don't know, you know, you can interpret that however you will. But yeah, that is where we are at the end of the day. On to the gaming news, my friends. There's a bunch. There was a bunch of Redfall content that came out this week. They invited some select gamers out to come try it. I believe there's about 90 minutes of it, and it looks relatively good. I'm not. It's not typically my genre, but the game looks polished. And the fact that they're doing these deep dive tech previews this far—I well, should say this far—but this a few days out or a few weeks out, I should say at this point, because isn't it May 2nd, so over a month, is a good sign, right? That means that they're confident in what they've got and that they're going to go to market with a good product, and it's not a cyberpunk uh, type situation, so be on the lookout for that. The other thing that came out is the fact that Microsoft apparently shut down the, this is poorly timed for Microsoft, by the way, uh, PS5 version of Redfall. So apparently when they, they acquired ZeniMax, Redfall PS5 was a thing, and Microsoft said, uh-uh, bro, we're not doing that. And so that's going to come right off the heels of this whole ABK thing where they're exactly scared of that. And Sony might be sitting there saying, see, we've told you Microsoft has done this in the past where they've killed it for other products. Redfall is a perfect example. And so the timing of that information is not great for Microsoft. Uh, and I, I would expect Sony to try to push that narrative a little bit if they have not already. This week at GDC, Microsoft announced the Xbox Sustainability Toolkit, as I fumble through that, uh, to help developers reduce their carbon footprint. And the neat thing about this is actually that you can see the amount of wattage being sucked through the wall as you play various games. And sometimes it looks like around 150 watts, and then it'll scale up from there depending on the graphics and settings and everything else. Uh, but it just helps developers understand how much electricity they are pulling through. And also this week, which I found somewhat hilarious, Xbox head Phil Spencer says it'll be pretty trivial to add Xbox games to smartphones. 
because they, they're going to use Game Pass and they're going to use cloud gaming, right? Like, they're not going to build native games for these platforms. Now, they might with Call of Duty, if they're assuming they acquire that, they, they might keep it that way. But I would imagine that their cloud gaming catalog, all they got to do is just put the app store in there and then bada bing, bada boom, they've got cloud gaming games on these devices and it's not a big heavy lift at the end of the day. So... There you go. Uh, on to the questions of the week, my friends, because there are honestly quite a few. So KK Runner seven 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 asks uh, two questions. He says, "Any news on the Surface Laptop Studio Two? Well, it did leak, but I don't, I'm not expecting that we're going to see that until the fall. I think that's I think that's where it's going to land, uh, likely with a Surface Pro Nine, which is going to have, I believe, some changes. So we'll see." Uh, but he says, what is the best gaming laptop available today? Combination of oh, business and general gameplay would like to work with my docking station and two monitors. So the question, the first question I have is what is your docking station? Because if you have a surface docking station, uh, especially one that uses the little like fin thing, I almost unplugged the laptop that I'm using right here with a surface connector. If you're using that one, then your options are honestly probably limited to surface laptop studio or studio two. The other thing, like it's really hard to say a specific laptop because do you care about RGB? Maybe not. Do you need the absolute highest end, right? Um, like some of the rogue laptops appear, not appear, are getting very good uh, reviews lately. But then if you're looking for more business stuff, like something that you can take to a coffee shop that doesn't have like RGB blowing up all over your face, then you might be looking more, I don't, I don't that's a little bit more harder because I'm going to say Service Laptop Studio, but that one's outdated. So I don't know if I'd recommend buying it right now, knowing that Studio 2 is right around the corner. HP makes a whole bunch of great ones though. Uh, HP, I think would probably be somewhere in the middle ground where they look good. They look professional, if you know what I mean, not all jazzed up, but have high enough specs that you could do some light casual gaming, which by the way, forgot to mention, uh, Counter-Strike 2 announced by <laughs> via tutorial video about how smoke has changed, which is hilarious and perfectly Valve. I That, that game looks like it's going to slay. I think they're going to make a ton of money and uh, good for them. It's like, it's Counter-Strike, but what everybody's been wanting for a long time, but properly updated, supports all the latest and greatest features and some innovative stuff along the smoke. I mean, that which is why they started with that announcement. Kind of came out of nowhere. Not so much a shadow, not quite a shadow drop because not everybody can play it, but there is a private beta and the game is expected to arrive this summer, not months or years ahead, which is always nice. I always appreciate when companies do that. Sidechoker says, Hi Brad, hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well, Sidechoker. My question this week is, do you think we could see an integrated app cloner for Surface Duo 3? I miss the dual use of Edge. So, ooh, I, my honest answer is probably not. Probably not, because it's such a limited use case for a specific device and... Basically, he wants to be able to use uh, two iterations of the same application on both displays, which is not an unreasonable request, but I don't see Microsoft building it natively. It would be a nice feature for it, but the Duo just, I think it's i think it's honestly hard for them to justify spending a whole bunch more money on the software side because it, it's, a, it's a flagship product, but not flagship revenue, if that makes sense. Matt O'Bear coming in, he says... With all the shocking revelations of behind-the-scenes dramas related to ABK, do you think Sony will regret their behavior this last year? What do you think the relationship between Sony and third-party publishers will be going forward? So, yeah, this will be interesting because Sony has really dug its heels in. It's dug its claws in and says this is bad for the industry. And really, what they're really saying is it's bad for Sony, which I do not fault Sony 
at all for taking the position that they are in, right? They are the market leader. They have the dominant position. They have the ability to control a lot of the market. Why would they want to give up that power? That's a crazy thing to give up. And somewhat, so much so, uh, this week, the, it was, I believe it was Congress, I don't know if it was FTC, it was really coming out against Sony in some regards, saying like, look, you guys are the dominant player. Why hasn't Japan, your home country, stepped in to regulate any of this in your home market? Um, that's sort of an aside. But yeah, Sony has really come out and said, look, we, want, we intend to try to control our dominant position. That's what you would expect them to say. I don't think it's going to materially mess up any significant relationships. I mean, Microsoft is obviously highly annoyed at this for obvious reasons. But at the end of the day, everybody's out there to make money. And if you're EA, as an example, you really need Sony. And so they're not going to come out and be all anti-Sony because they need to sell their games on Sony's platform. So there's that. Uh, AR ready. Time frame for looped Android allowing MSA login. Do not know. Microsoft just said coming soon. That is their official stance. Uh, Mr. PKI with two questions in his first one in. He says, uh, did anything of interest pop out of the game developer conference last week? Well, there was the, the sustainability toolkit that Microsoft has released. I believe they are also briefing people, uh, game developers, on updates to the XDK, which is the development box or development software for Xbox. Haven't heard anything too significant come out, but um, no, I don't think there's anything major that came out of this event, uh, unlike we had seen several years ago. And then he goes on to say, ask, I should say, uh, do you think people are going to switch to Google Docs Workplace now that it has AI for answering emails or are businesses going to stick with Office 365? I don't think businesses are going to switch. I think that it's, it's very hard to get away from Office 365. We want to talk about dominant player position. Microsoft and its ability in the Office space is absolutely a dominant player. Uh, Microsoft does have AI that will compat that is compatible or com better than what Google is doing. Although Microsoft is not available for everybody, it's called Copilot. They announced that was that last week, and so yeah, uh, I don't think anybody's uprooting ship to switch to Google Workplace because of this. Brother Nod says, any rumors on when we might expect a non-beta build of Loop? Curious when I can get, I hope to get it at work. So at work, you can get it now, but your admin has to go in and manually enable it. And then it takes at least 24 hours from that point to be enabled. Uh, I, we don't know when the non-beta version is coming. It's pretty good right now, but we don't know what actually Microsoft's roadmap includes, including additional features to get it out of that beta state. Again, remember that beta has just become such a perpetual term of in progress or in development rather than a like beta that we're used to from, let's say, the late 90s or something like that. Uh, it says, also, how do you feel your new job has influenced your opinion of Microsoft and how you think about them compared to when you were a journalist first and foremost? Fantastic question. First off, from the software development side, I am much more probably empathetic to things that go on. I totally understand the massive world of edge cases. I mean, not that I was not a developer sympathetic position before. I mean, I, I did some coding way back in the day. But now that we're shipping and going through all those those processes, I have a better respect for what they do. Granted, the scale at the that they do it and the volume they do it is totally unrelated to how we do it because they are massive and they have effectively unlimited resources at the end of the day. So their choices still are quite annoying knowing that they could do better because they have the ability to do better and the funding to do better, but sometimes they just don't. Um, I'm much more nervous about Windows updates. That's definitely been a thing since, since moving over to Stardock. By all means, we ship uh, Microsoft software, software that runs on, on Windows and it, it tinkers with Windows a bit. And so Windows updates are way more scary now than they used to be. And the Joe, ooh, the Joe Finn coming in with the ending question of the week. What is on your Windows API wish list? 
So I don't know if I could say a specific API because there are some that come to mind, but what I wish Microsoft would do is one, stop changing them and two, document all the APIs that they are allowed to use, right? One of the things that happens in Windows is there are tons of undocumented APIs and features that have existed for a long time and Microsoft refuses to document them and make them stable probably because they want to change them all the time. And so getting them to stabilize their APIs, I think would be the top of the wish list. So. There you go, my friends. That has been another week. Like I said, there's no podcast next week. So you can either twiddle your thumbs, play some solitaire, or play many of the games in Game Pass. I'm still playing a lot of Age of Empires 2. I cannot beat... Where I'm stuck on Age of Empires 2 right now is I'm trying to one-on-one beat... Uh, the computer on the hardest setting. So there's, I can't remember what, there's hardest and then extreme. I don't even know how I'll ever do extreme. I'm getting close on hardest, but I just, I can't, I I keep dying. They keep night rushing me and I I die. And so that is my, play that on Game Pass. That's all I got to say. So anyway, so it's hopefully you had a wonderful week. Hopefully next week is just as wonderful and good. And as always, make sure to keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this podcast is me.